0: Welcome to the Bodkins show. Good morning. It's a beautiful Sunday morning right here on the Bodkins Show. It is our UFC uh London Post Show. Uh uh incredible round of fights. We're We're bringing the boys all back as always. I am joined by uh, Mr. Smoking Amigo, Kenneth Miller, and Craig with a K, Craig Coger. Boys, it was a. Whew, man, I don't even know how to talk about them fights. Uh, The lowest of (laughs) the highs of highs and the lowest of lows, I think, for the uh, fans in London and for UFC fight fans. before, like, we even, like, break this card down and talk about it, Kenny, like, what's your initial your initial thoughts here?
1: Uh, my initial thoughts, man, Dana has got to be just chapped in the ass that he cannot get a fucking card to start well and end well but be a monster in the middle. It seems like the last few cards, somehow, whether it's O'Malley getting hurt, or Craig laying on the ground, or whatever it is, it seems like they cannot start well and end well. Just some sort of injury. Ortega got hurt. It just seems like that's just kind of, that's my initial thought. It's like, man, ever since the Chandler and Gaethje fight opened up that card with the best opener of all time, it seems like we're almost cursed. Like, we're just not allowed to have a good opener and a good finisher anymore.
0: Craig, what's your what's your initial reactions here to this, to the London card here?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of agree. It's two, two main events in a row now that we have been just, left kind of disappointed as fight fans, um, injury stoppages, man. And this one wasn't, this fight wasn't even 30 seconds in, man. And um, I mean, at, at the end of, at the end of the pay-per-view, my initial reaction is just, man, I feel terrible for Tom Aspinall, man.
0: So, yeah, I mean, yeah, let's, uh, I, we could just go ahead and jump right into it. I mean, Greg, you alluded to it. Tom Aspinall, I mean, 15 seconds into that fight hurts his knee. I mean, wow! Like, right? Like, the fight didn't even get going. Uh, I, I mean, they tried to catch the the London card, you know, lightning in a bottle twice because that March card was fantastic. It had a lot of finishes, but it was a lot of like, uh, you know, guys here and then guys way down here that they were feeding to, especially to you know, Patty the Batty and Molly and you know, the even Tom Aspinall, and, you know. Uh, why it was his toughest task and then he jumps up to Curtis Blade so like the level of competition was just so much tougher and the matchups were tougher this time around and it and that's why you even saw a lot of the british some of those uh european fighters lose but they try to catch lightning in a bottle twice and it's just hard to do i feel like
2: yeah i mean they had it they had it going man i mean it was after Molly McCann and Patty, the place was jumping, and uh, you just hate to see. I mean, when we made our picks yesterday, um, you know, for anyone that watched the show, I picked Curtis Blades to beat Tom Aspinall, but that's this is not how I, I had it going. I had I kind of thought that this card might be the highest of highs and then end on a big low there in London, but I didn't think that it would be like that, man. And it's just sad to see it go down that way,
0: yeah. I'm the I mean, it is sad. I mean, so. That's just kind of how it is, though. I mean, I I mean, what? So we'll just go ahead. We'll just start from the top and work our way down to the bottom, uh, as far as our picks. So we each, me and Kenny, had Tom Aspinall, Curtis Blades uh, wins. You had Curtis Blades. You are now the reigning defending title, taking that cheap belt. Taking hey, the take deep it. win. It's not, it's not how we want
1: to win. But it, it was
0: between me and Craig going into the to the main event, folks. Uh, who was gonna take home the title? I had Tom Aspinall, Craig had Curtis Blades as his dog of the week and pick of the week. I'm reaching for the brass, just like at the top of the ladder, I'm reaching for the belt, and here comes my old teammate knocking the belt down in a swerve twist. Uh, Tom Aspinall gets injured, Craig's able to climb the ladder. Uh Curtis Blades wins in I mean 15 seconds, one strike. I mean he uh Tom Aspinall throws the leg kick. Uh Blades counters, misses, and then he's backing up, and then Tom Aspinall just immediately clutches, immediately clutches the knee, and that ends, you know, ends it with 15 seconds. He's stretchered out. So Craig, like what's I mean, we, there's no report on what, what's wrong with Tom. Uh, he was at the fighter hospital. Curse blades went and checked on him yesterday at the hotel. Uh, there's photos of that. So good for them. But I mean, what do we like? What happens here now next with both these fighters?
2: Yeah. I mean, it, there's, you got to think with the knee that Tom Aspinall is going to miss some time, man. He's probably not fighting, you know, for the rest of this year. Um And it's tricky because this heavyweight division is so murky. Uh, You got to think Curtis Blades, I mean, could have a pretty quick turnaround for a fight. But there's just not there's not really a fight for him up here um, at the top of the heavyweight division. You know, everybody else is kind of fighting. So he almost has to sit back and let things uh, let things happen, probably between, um, you know, gone and Chewy. See how that fight goes or uh, see how the Derek Lewis fight goes here on the pay-per-view. Um, and maybe, you know, maybe Curtis Blades is fighting one of those guys, depending on how those fights goes Um, as far as Tom Aspinall, man, we just got to hope that he can come back healthy and see what his time frame is, see what kind of works for a comeback fight for him, you know?
0: Yeah, I think, uh, Kenny, we're kind of talking about Tom Aspinall and Curtis Blades. What kind of, we're going from top to bottom here, just because, I mean, that's the lead here is, uh, so what happens with Curtis Blades and, and, Mr. Aspinall
1: uh, just to jump in sorry can't really bounce off what Craig was saying man I had a diaper blowout that uh, <laughs> took, took priority for the moment um, now as far as Aspinall I kind of come in at the end of that yeah he's got to get healthy um, I think he's definitely he's still a top five guy I think talent wise I think we all know that he's going to get another big big opponent like that uh, but yeah just get healthy man freak knee injury so, you got to get that fixed. I mean, that's going to be some, some surgery, most likely. I'm not a white coat, but that's going to be some surgery, most likely. And, and uh, just kind of see how long it takes him to get back from that, kind of see what the what the division looks like at that point, kind of see what's available. Um, Blades, I mean, as long as he's ready to go, you got to think kind of a quick turnaround, try to get out there and, and get a fight finished so that he's almost in the kind of the same spot year was. Like, you can't really make a lot of demands off that. You know, you can't go out there and say you beat Tom Aspinall. It doesn't matter. You got a, a KO on your record. That's not a KO. You know what I mean? So I think that he's gonna need to want to get in there as well pretty quick, just to try to get get the narrative going in his direction again to try to move up uh towards that title shot again. But I do th- I mean he's in that same boat. He's gonna be fighting another top five guy. Problem is all top five guys kind of got a fight right now. So he's kind of stuck to kind of see he really needed to win this fight in a big way if he was gonna do it so he can carry some momentum over these next fights so you can keep his name involved. And that's going to be a little harder now. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that works out, but yeah, get him, get Aspinall healthy, give them both another top five guy. And let's get them back in the mix.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, that's what to, sorry, Craig, that's what blades no, even did. said in the, in the interview afterwards, the post fight, like, Hey, did this fight even happen? If there's no highlight, like, you know, I want, I know that guy's got a lot of uh, his stuff and he's really great. I'm really great. Like, this was a fight that we both wanted to get us into the title picture. Uh, And that's, unfortunately, now for Blades. I mean, Derek Lewis fights next weekend. I don't know if you do a Blades-Lewis rematch, too. Uh, I mean, Curtis Blades is fight. everybody in the top, you know, five or so. Uh, Or do you wait next month, like Craig alluded, for a tie to a and surreal Gom fight and and then match up that winner, as we alluded to yesterday, Craig? You had something, Craig?
2: Yeah, yeah. that's what I was going to say is, um, I mean, you got to think that uh, Shuey and, and Gone are fighting, you know, for a contender spot. And kind of like with Yair, man, I just – do you give Blades the winner of that fight coming off of how how this Aspinall fight ended? Or, I mean, the perfect matchup might be for him to go avenge that Derek Lewis loss if Derek Lewis wins tomorrow night on the pay-per-view, uh, depending how that fight – or next weekend on the pay-per-view – um depending on you know how it goes and what recovery time Derek Lewis needs from that fight, um you might be able to get them two linked up here, you know, this fall.
0: I still think you can do Curtis Blades versus the winner of Surreal Ghan and Titu Avasa because those two have never faced. he's never faced either one of those two guys. So I I'm still okay with that because Curtis Blades is still I mean, we said yesterday the only two losses he has is to the champion and to Derek Lewis. Like the guy and he's Faced, it's not like he hasn't faced anybody. He has faced literally the entire heavyweight division. I mean, he's faced a who's who in this division and has beat a who's who in this division. Uh, I'm so, and he's well rounded. I know he's known as a wrestler, but I mean, he's shown that he can stand and bang. I I would have really loved. I mean, we missed out on what could have been a hell of a fight, a heavyweight fight, yesterday. And unfortunately, uh, you know, Tom Aspinall freak, like Kitty said, freak knee injury. I don't know. They haven't said what it was or what it is. I mean, look Tom As, huh? Yeah, look, yeah. Look when, it did look real bad. I mean, when a guy has to be stretchered out, and I mean, he immediately grabbed his knee as soon as it, I don't know if he heard something pop or what. Uh, it hasn't been. It hasn't Nothing's come out as far as that yet, but I mean, it looked bad. Tom Aspinall will be back. I still am 100% behind Tom Aspinall and believe that he'll be a future UFC heavyweight champion. It just might be a while uh, instead of maybe next year.
1: Yeah, the good thing for him, I feel like uh, that he's got to think is the uh, the silver lining. is There's not a lot of clear-cut things going on in this division right now. Even you look at... You said Blades can fight the winner of Gon and Ty, which I think that's a good idea. Um, fighting Ty is basically like fighting Derrick Lewis, right? So if we're going to put possibly put him up against Derrick Lewis, just give him Ty. Like you said, it's a new matchup. But Gon just got dominated by Ngannou. You know what I mean? So the, outside of like the Stipe and Jones interim fight, there's not anybody sitting at the top like I'm one fight away and can feel really good about that. So Aspinall can still look up and say, shit, I could fight a year from now. And things might still basically look the same, and I'm still right there in that mix. There's, He's not really, I don't think, going to take that big of a step back. So that's a big silver lining for him, I think.
0: What I don't want to see is when he does come back, just throw him to a wolf. I'd like to get him – I'd like to see him, like, get a pre-fight. But So what's
1: the – the pre-fight has to be, like, somewhere ranked six or seven. I mean, you can't give him, like, a 12-to-15 a tune-up fight. That's not what you do in UFC, oh, yeah. you know what I mean, like – that's not going to do anything for him unless you can find – there's not a Nate Diaz sitting there at heavyweight that's got a huge name and is unranked that you can kind of throw him out there against and be a good fight for him. So he's going to have to fight somebody good, not necessarily like, hey, this is your title eliminator fight for the first one back. But Frankie don't get a two-note fight. He's coming back and fighting John Jones probably. You know what I mean?
0: True, but Frank, I mean – uh he had he wasn't hurt though uh you know what i mean stipe Stepe wasn't hurt so. no i said frank i
1: said Fra- jones is gonna beat Stepe. frank has come oh, back of yeah. a freak knee injury in his first true, fight true, to true. Go. True.
0: yeah i mean that's true but i mean he's also the heavyweight champion so it is yeah the, yeah all, yeah, all yeah. true, all true.
2: I mean, it depends on how the, the division shakes out. But, I mean, you know, if Curtis Blades ends up fighting the winner of Gone and Chewy and say he loses that fight, the time frame might be perfect for Aspinall and Blades just to, to do it again when Tom Aspinall is ready to come back, you know.
0: Yeah, and here's the thing about Tom Aspinall. He's super young. He's still young, and he's super young for a heavyweight. Like, I, I mean, most heavyweights are in their close to their thir- late or mid-30s. Um, because that's what long as long as it takes, because you keep getting knocked out as a young guy, and then you get on a run in your uh, later stages here. But Tom Aspinall still young, uh, super young for a heavyweight. I, 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 he'll be back, and I hope, uh, uh, you know, later. I don't think he'll fight the rest of this year, obviously. Maybe not even the first quarter of next year. Uh, but give him a fight maybe around a year from now, and hopefully he'll be ready to go and make that run that we all expect him to be on, to go on. So, the, the co-main event, we'll get to the co-main here. Uh, Jack Hermanson, I mean, three rounds just flawlessly of Chris Curtis. Uh, Chris Curtis was mad that, I mean, Jack didn't stay and bang with him. But, uh, I mean, what, what's Jack supposed to do? I mean, Jack played. It was a perfect game plan for Jack Hermanson. Chris Curtis wanted, to, wanted the fight to come to him. He, but, Jack did. I mean, Jack didn't even really shoot or – Wrestle here, He it was a great stand-up for uh, the Joker. The all three rounds, it was 10-9, all three rounds, just a quick, flawless victory. Even, you know, Jack kind of apologized to the fans afterwards, Uh said, hey, I, th- I took a short notice fight, too. And, you know, this wasn't the guy I was, I was preparing for. I was preparing for Darren Till. I took a short notice fight. I had to do what I had to do to get the win, which I think, I mean, at the end of the day, that's all that matters, right? Go ahead, Craig.
2: Yeah, definitely, um, and that's what I I kind of said it to you after the fights um, yesterday. That I just thought it, man. Going into that, I had just I I was rooting for Curtis. But I liked Jack. I liked Jack to win the fight. But, man, I was behind Curtis all the way until the end of the fight. And even when he threw the first middle fingers up, I was like, okay, I mean, I get it. He's frustrated. You could tell throughout the fight that he was getting just more and more frustrated as it went on, which was just benefiting Jack, you know. And he was moving left to right the whole fight, uh, picking him apart. I mean, it was a it was a great performance by Hermanson. And like he said, man, I, I needed to come in and win a fight. So, I mean, I did what I needed to do to come in and win a fight. And he did apologize to the fans. I don't think he needed to apologize to the fans because I thought he put on a great performance. But I thought it was a terrible look for Chris Curtis there at the end. Man, I'm glad that I saw the uh, photos of them kind of making up uh, because I just thought, as a professional fighter, I mean, what are you pissed off about? You're pissed off because you were down 2-0 going into the third, and the dude didn't want to just sit there and bang and give you a chance to beat him. I mean, why would he do that? Why would it, Why would any smart professional fighter do that? You know. So I thought it was a bad look, um, and it was a great performance by Jack.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I kind of looked at that. If Jack was outstriking him three to one in the first round and in the second round. Jack threw 30-something strikes in the first, 40-something in the second, and Curtis was under 15 in both of them rounds. What are, you, what are you flipping the birds for? You know what I mean? You want him to stand there and bang? Well, you didn't push the pace and try to bang with him either. It's not like he was chasing him down. It's not like he was just sitting back and just jabbing you away. He was getting in. He was throwing some shots. He went for a couple finishes when he had him hurt a couple times. Jack fought a great fight for two rounds. And then the third round, he said, why would I go out there and get caught? And he didn't even – even half that, that third round – he was still banging with him. He was still giving him some chances. He just wasn't giving him a lot of chances. Like you bought it and said, he was fighting a very smart fight. You know, I feel like everybody's kind of on the same page. When you look at that, we said it yesterday. Hermanson's got experience because there's levels of this stuff. And he knows why am I going to stand there face to face with you, toe to toe with a boxer, a great boxer and Chris Curtis, and give to myself a chance to get knocked out when he, Jack knows he can get rocked. You know, Sean had him rocked a couple times. So he knows his chin's not invincible. He's not going to do that. You know, he did fight a very smart fight. Great fight, I thought. Used his distance well, used his range. He threw head kicks and leg kicks that we don't usually see out of Jack. Um, it looked like he really got in the lab after that Sean Strickland fight and said, man, I got to get some standing up or I ain't going to make it here. And I think he showed that he's still definitely a top seven guy and it's going to take something to get him out of there.
0: Yeah, I think you nailed it right on the money, Kenny. I mean, Jack Hermanson, that was his best as far as striking performance we've seen out of him. I mean, just one, two combos, the leg kicks, just came out throwing leg kicks. Uh, Chris Curtis can be mad. I, he's come out and said, hey, Jack was just the better guy. Uh, he apologized uh, on Twitter and uh, found Hermanson, and they, they – uh, you know, hugged it out a little bit, but I mean, Hey, that's, that's what happens. I think Kurt's Curtis is just, it's like, if, I mean, a game of basketball where a guy's just, you're trying to do everything that you can and the guy's just stuffing your defense and you're just getting, you're mad because you know uh, nothing that you're doing is working. Well, that's just because the guy's overall better than you right now. Uh, Jack romanson had a great game plan. It worked to a T uh, he learned from, I think Kenny nailed it learned uh, from the Strickland fight. It was uh, absolute incredible uh, performance by Hermanson. So, what's next here for the Joker? Who's next for the Joker, and who's next for Chris Curtis? Go ahead, Craig.
2: That's a tough question, man. Um, especially for Chris Curtis. Um, you know where where does he go? I mean, he's been. He seems like he's been the king of short notice fights. So, does he sit back and wait for the next, you know, uh, short notice fight to get into? I don't. I don't know if there's the I don't know off the top of my head who the perfect matchup to put Chris Curtis back out there with kind of like we said yesterday, Jack Hermanson is kind of that gatekeeper. So um, you didn't get past him. So, you know, where do you go from here? Um, And then as far as Jack, um, I mean, he's one of those guys that he's fought just about everybody um, in the division as well. So it's tough. Um, You kind of got to let, things in the division shake out a little bit. I think before you can really pencil Jack in against anybody, because I mean, I don't know. Do you give them Costa if Costa and uh, once this Costa and Rockhold deal goes done, you know, if Costa can beat him, is that, is that kind of where you fight? I mean, I don't off the top of my head. I just don't got the perfect opponent for either one of them.
0: Kitty, what do you think? What's, what's next for either one of these guys?
1: Um, Well, I think for Jack, I think Craig was right for sure. You got to let some of this stuff sort itself out. There's going to have to be somebody kind of solidify himself in that that four to six range for for Jack to fight. And kind of, we got to figure out who the top five gatekeeper is. We know that that Jack's the top seven, top ten gatekeeper. We need to figure out who the top five gatekeeper is so that he can go get a shot at him and try to get his name back in that mix. Um, I do like the Costa fight if Costa can beat Rockhold, but I hate saying that name. So it'll be the last time I ever do it. Uh I just I refuse to do that, man. I can't do it. So um I would like to see him kind of fight somebody in that range though. Um I don't want to see him really fight Strickland again, but once the Brunson situation's kind of figured out, there's a Vittorian there. There's people I wouldn't mind seeing Jack fight, but like Craig kind of said, he's already fought everybody up there. So most of them's gonna be rematches of some sort. Uh so it's kind of gonna be that way. Um for Chris Curtis, you got to give him credit for taking that short notice fight and going the distance with Jack. Um, that says a lot about him. So I think he's definitely earned another top 10 guy. Um, I don't know if maybe you give him a Kelvin Gastelum or something in that range or Uriah Hall. I don't think he wants any of Uriah Hall, but I mean, that's kind of, you're gonna have to fight them dudes. You know, Chris Curtis is a little undersized, but that's the, you want to fight 185. You're gonna have to fight some 6'3", 6'4", dudes that are gonna try to put a foot in your chin. So I think somewhere in that range, I like Gastelum or, or Hall for him. You know, Hall's coming off a loss, so. Go ahead and give him Curtis and kind of see what he can do with the stand-up dude, which he knows is going to bang with him. That's kind of what your Iowa Hall wants anyway. So I'd like that fight if they get it set up.
0: Yeah, um, I, it took the words right out of my mouth there with Uriah Hall and Kevin Gaslam. How about that? Do uh, Do du, Pelélis, who we just saw, uh, that's a guy who is a banger too. I think him and Chris Curtis could put on almost a fight of the night type. Uh, performance Uh, you know I don't really think the loss hurts Curtis so much I mean he took a fight on three uh, you know uh, uh, short notice like three weeks two week notice here Um, and then you know and he took on number eight and he's unranked so it's not like the loss is gonna like he's gonna just go away but I'd like to give him another ranked opponent so uh, Kevin Gaston Uriah Hall the dupe Elise uh, would be great for for Hermanson, I mean, you guys kind of alluded to it. Like those top guys are matched up. What about a, a matchup of, you know, Jack Hermanson and Jared Cannonier, who's coming off a loss? I mean, that gives Jack, puts Jack right back. He beats Jared Cannonier, who was just fought a title, puts him right back into the title picture. I don't know how you guys feel about maybe a Jack Hermanson, Jared Cannonier. Kenny, I see you shaking your head there.
1: Yeah, I'm all about that. Um, I didn't know. It kind of depends on what, what Jared's route is and kind of what path he wants to take as well. Um, if he fights, what's Jack going to move up to? Maybe six or seven, you know, with that win off Curtis, moving up from eight. If you lose to that guy, boy, you take a big hit if you're Jared Cannoneer. So I don't know if he really wants to go that route. Um, but it is a good fight for both of them. Um, we've kind of always said, like, outside of Izzy, it's a really muddy picture. Well, Izzy and Wit it's a really muddy picture from two through 15. You know what I mean? So really if you're in that mix, like you're only a few fights away. So you like to see Jack get somebody that at least elevates him, you know, you like to see anybody that showed evolution in their game, like Jack did from the Strickland fight to the Curtis fight, trying to he focused on a standup. It was evident. You got to reward that. I think, you know, he's a company man. He's a kind of, like you said, he took that fight on short notice too. He could have said, no, thanks. You know, and and he took that. So I'd like to see, I'd like to see him get somebody, you know, Cannoneer works. He just, time frame is going to work out. He fought recently. So give him a fight four or five months and let him go at it. I like that.
2: So what about what about a uh, cannoneer and Strickland? It's kind of more my thought, just because we've seen Strickland and Jack already fight. Um, but also Vittori and Rob. Like, who's where's that winner go? Is that winner just go straight back to Izzy? You know, we have seeing Rob and Izzy again. I mean, there's got to be there's got to be more to it than that. So I don't know. I mean, it's it's so everything.
1: My, my it's, rebuttal it's, for for cannoneer and Strickland. Yeah, I don't think that you can get. Put to sleep in the first round for a week and a half, and then wake up and you're fighting the number two dude for a shot at the belt again. I don't think that's allowed to happen. Uh, if if Pereira just just kicked his chin or punched his chin into the orbit, then I believe that you're not allowed to fight somebody that's ranked above Pereira. That's kind of how I feel about that situation. So I don't really know if I like if I like Strickland and Canineer as much. Number one, like Strickland's probably going to win that fight. I mean, he's shown that he. I don't necessarily think he's going to out wrestle Cannonier the way he did Hermanson when he fought him but he's kind of shown that he can keep guys off of him a little bit and keep him at distance. I don't really want to see him sit there and jab a dude away to a decision and then be fighting another top three guy because I don't really think – like Strickland's got to show some evolution too, and I don't know if Cannoneer's the guy to show that. You know what I mean?
2: Right. I'm, I'm just thinking like if we got Robin Vittori, so if they're going to fight, let's say it is Cannoneer and Jack, if they're going to fight that winner, then I guess – Strickland's odd man out. If we're looking at you know Izzy and Pereira fighting, or you know if it was Strickland and near, then Jack's the odd man out. Um, but so, you know somebody's getting left out there at the top of the division.
0: Well, I mean Derek Brunson's still ranked number four, so maybe you do Derek Brunson and Sean Strickland would be you know that that would be a, a perfect fight, uh, or even you could throw Brunson versus Hermanson in there as well. Uh, so. So that one of those, Kenny, I see you shaking your head. No. So
1: God, bro, that if I wanted a nap, I'll go, <laughs> I'll go watch Carla and Rose again. I don't need it. I don't need Hermanson and Brunson, bro. That will be the most boring, but brilliantly
0: technical fight <laughs> we've ever seen. I don't need that. But you like, do you like the Brunson Strickland, Brunson and Strickland?
1: Yeah, no, hundred percent. I think Strickland showed, you know, he kept Jack off him. You go keep Derek Brunson off you. That's going to say something else. So. I think he would have to show evolution in his game for that. Um, it's still a top five guy, so I don't mind Strickland getting that fight. Um, I like that fight a lot better for the rankings wise than I do the Cannoneer fight. Just it's hard for me to watch Strickland get put to sleep and then fight the number two dude in the world. I just that's hard for me to watch. All right,
0: all right. So we're gonna move into the my guy. I called it. I said, "Patty the baddy." patty the patty patty he looked i think his best he's has in his three fights in the ufc against his best opponent he was hard on himself but i mean the first round you could give it to jordan levitt i thought uh but it was close patty had his moments but it was never in any real trouble in this fight and then in the second round I mean, he was able to, I, how he got Jordan Levitt's arm locked in with his legs and, I mean, and just t- was able to tap him was unreal. Uh, he had a great post-interview post, uh, post interview talking about men's mental health. Yeah, a friend of his who uh, committed suicide. Uh, I mean, this guy, how, how high is the ceiling for Patty Kenny in I mean, where, where do you, I mean, is he, I'm not saying he's going to be the next UFC lightweight champion, but I mean, where, where do you see his ceiling at here for Mr. Patty, the Batty?
1: Uh he's got a long way to go. Um, I think he knows that. I think he would admit that. I feel like he says that basically in every fight that it's not his best fight. Um, but like you said, he did just fight his best fight. Uh, the best fight we've seen in the UFC so far, he's shown that he's getting better. seems like he's getting a little more comfortable in there. You know, yesterday in the pre-show, we talked about, uh, talk about Patty kind of swinging for the fences a little bit, getting a little bit of reckless in there. I think that's kind of that inexperience and having the pressure of of being the not the next Connor, but you're the next big guy from the UK as far as names goes. Um that's kind of got a big mouth and you talk a lot, not in a bad way, but but you put in a, a spotlight on yourself. And I think he kind of felt that pressure and you've seen that a little bit, but man, he is getting better. Uh to get to get Jordan Levitt down to the ground that way, to get the body triangle on him and not let go. Man, the rear naked choke is something I feel like everybody defends against from the time they start any sort of MMA or BJJ training. That's two straight rear naked chokes for them on professionals, you know, and I think that kind of says a lot. Uh, guys that can get a rear naked choke in on somebody are really freaking proud about that. And so I think you got to like that. It's a dude that we expected to come in swinging for the fences, and he's choked two dudes out in a row. Uh, so you got to like that. I think you got to give him a top ten guy, right? He's got to fight some ranked guys. You can't keep giving him nobodies anymore. I think he's kind of shown that. Um He's getting enough notoriety. Dana's gonna have to start paying him. You're gonna have to get him out there against somebody. He's almost like Sugar was when he was on the way up. You build a following like that, you gotta start fighting somebody worth something because you're worth something now. So I definitely think we give him a top ten guy. Um, really, man, just take your pick. Just don't don't give him somebody. I hate to see him get somebody that that's very well seasoned that's a, a good vet. I like to see him kind of fight somebody else that's kind of young up and comer. I know Dana doesn't like to do that. He likes to get both the up and comers as high as he can before they fight. Um, but I just I don't want to see him get fed to the wolves up there and take a loss he doesn't need to take. You know, for experience sake, uh, a tough fight with a win, an ugly win will be better for experience than a loss will. I think for him uh, personally. So I hope that's what he gets. But definitely a ranked guy, definitely top ten guy.
0: Craig i mean where do you see patty the batty uh going here i mean that was a-
2: so uh, I, I all credit to the world uh to patty because he looked he did look good in that fight and, and you can you can say that he lost the first round but i still feel like that first round went a lot of the way that he he wanted it um he almost had a submission and in in the, in the first round and it kind of looked like that was the route that you know patty was going um he looked he he was never in trouble looked comfortable the whole fight. Um, you can tell that he's working hard. You can tell that he's getting better. Um, the personality is great for the UFC. I was saying it yesterday when we were watching the fights, like guys like that, them winning fights is just good for the UFC. Um, it'd be great to see Patty, you know, evolve and get better, but I'm still worried about the guy, man, because that lightweight division is nothing but killers. And I mean, a top 10 fight scares me for Patty Pimblett. But I think you got to give him a rank guy. I mean, kind of like Kenny said, look at look at the draw, look at the following. Um, it's time to start feeding him to some real guys. And um, I mean, maybe you give him Dan Hooker, the uh, Mister Gatekeeper, um, into the rankings. Kind of, you know what I mean? Um, I wouldn't hate that fight. But in the lightweights, I mean, who else do you give him? You give you, I mean, Tony Ferguson. Um, I, don't, I don't know where you go. I mean, like I said, that that division is killers uh one through eight uh there's a lot of matchups already set up um but i think it's time for patty Pimblett to definitely get a ranked fighter and uh kind of like you alluded to man i'm glad patty won because his post-fight speech man um i just love hearing guys with the platform you know talk about things like that man it's just something that people still don't talk a lot about and i'm I'm glad he won the fight so he got the opportunity to let that out
0: can you go ahead
1: okay uh this is the lightweight rankings nine through fourteen right now. I'm not going to say eight because eight's RDA and he's coming off uh We know what happened. Uh, so Gamrot, Sarukian, Ferguson, McGregor, Hooker, Jalen Turner. That's nine through fourteen. No matter who you feed him to, he's getting a dog.
0: Yeah, I, no matter, I, and he's got to get a
1: rent guy, but no matter who it is, it is a dog.
0: I, I think I think Dan Hooker is the perfect opponent for him. Uh, Dan Hooker's fought another who's who, and he'll fight anybody. Um, so I, I think that's the perfect opponent, a veteran guy who's been around, who's, who's fought some tough guys, uh, a guy that's who can beat Patty, but also Patty could possibly beat at the same time. Uh, we've seen that we haven't seen Dan hooker since March when he lost, a, when he dropped down to a featherweight and tried to fight Arnold Allen and that didn't end well. Um, I mean, I don't know, Tony Ferguson, I don't think that's a, the right fight for either one of them. Uh, But Tony needs to step down too, because he's been facing some killers and he's still trying to find his face where uh, his head landed in a different state when Mike Chandler punted it. So, and who knows when we'll see Tony again, but I don't really like that fight either, but I do like the Dan Hooker. I don't like the Jalen Turner matchup for either one, just because I like to see two young guys. And I think Jalen Turner, I mean, Patty's a smaller guy. Uh, This is a guy who used to fight at featherweight and Jalen Turner's six foot four uh and some miraculously weight cuts down to 155 for 30 seconds
1: yeah no uh, that's the problem with uh the patty's gonna run into that's hard to find him a fight is he's so undersized he's a very small guy it's almost like michael chandler being at, at 155 like you're just a smaller dude and no matter what i mean like you said Jalen turner's six four dan hooker's six foot tony ferguson's five nine five ten no matter what patty's got to fight a big dude I know that weight cuts hard on him because he walks around at 347 pounds or whatever it is, eating pizza and cheeseburgers all day. But, man, you almost look at that and say, bro, you just about need to be thinking about 145 again while you're young because that 55 division, man, like Craig said, one through take your pick 38 is just stacked, man. It's hard to find a fight in there where you're like, oh, yeah, that's a good fight to get me a top 10 ranking because you're probably going to take a chance of losing that fight.
0: Yeah, the, the, I think the, the lightweight division is probably the toughest division, one through, you know, I mean, probably 20 if you really got down to it. I mean, there's some guys that, uh, you know, are tough and they're not even ranked. And you're like, man, that's a tough SOB and they're not even ranked. So uh, I do I do think that it's time to give Patty a look. March or so, uh, or not March, but uh, November. The MSG card I think would be perfect for him uh, and Molly. We'll get to Molly here in just a minute. Uh, before we move on here, we got some. We got a comment here. Chris Landis says, "Let's talk about Dave Portnoy. This is uh, Barstool Sports being ringside part of the celebration. Future owner of the UFC. What do you guys make? I'm, we know uh, we know Molly and Patty are signed to Barstool." What do you make of Dave Portnoy being, I mean, pretty much managers of these guys? Um, Is he going to be a future player here in the UFC?
1: I don't know if I'd really say future player. Um, We kind of, whenever Jay-Z got into the the sports management game with uh, Rock Nation or whatever it was, his sports agency, we kind of thought, oh man, all these guys are going to flock to him. He got four or five big names and it kind of never really went much further than that. Uh, I do think Portnoy, I mean, he's got a lot of money. He's a big name. He's going to he's going to treat his guys right. You know, I think that Molly and Patty are both probably going to be able to say that Dave's really good to him and that's going to help him get some other people. Um, I think outlandish takes with Landez. I don't know about future owner of the UFC UFC is a public trade publicly traded company now. So I don't think that's going to be the case, Uh, but I do think he's going to get more guys. I don't know if it's going to be a a major player type deal, but we don't really have a, I mean, I'm not going to call him. I don't think he's going to be Don King ass, but we don't really have like a big major American promoter like that, you know, where like, these other guys got Ali Abdelaziz and stuff. You know, there's some managers out there with big names, and we don't really have one of those here. So maybe Portnoy tries to get in there. But how much of a major player, I think we'll see. But he's going to get some more guys. We'll see his face more often.
0: Craig, what do you think? Uh, uh, is El Presidente making some more moves here?
2: Yeah, I kind of agree with uh, what Kenny said. Um, I mean, as far as, like, what the what Landis said there is a uh, UFC owner, I mean, obviously, we're that—that's not the road we're going down. But I do think Dave Portnoy is somebody that you're going to see a lot more um, as a UFC fan. Um, he, I think, like Kenny said, um, he's going to treat his people right, and um, like like we saw at the fights yesterday, man. I mean, he's right there, ringside, catching them, jumping off the rings after fights. He's—he's he's the type of guy that's going to be involved in things. So. Um, how big of a player, you know, in the UFC he's going to be, um, we'll see. But the dude's got money and money talks, man. And he's got money and he cares uh, about uh, the fighters on his team, it seems like. So I do think that he's going to be a face that, that you're going to see around as a UFC fan.
0: I, I think more fighters are going to want to sign with Barstool because, as we know, fighters don't get paid worth a uh, a whole lot here. The UFCs they do their best to, to underpay these guys. So I could see if you're a big name or a guy coming up, and he approaches you to be part of his his crew, why not? Because guess what? Like if Patty loses yesterday, yeah, he I mean he loses out on some money, but you know, and some hype, but he's still getting paid by Barstool, still signed by Barstool, still promotional with Barstool. Uh, so I could see in the future a lot of young fighters, uh, especially guys who are coming up, that Dave gets behind. That they are going to sign with Dave Portnoy and Barstool Sports because just due to the money factor, why wouldn't you? Because let's face it, when you're only getting paid, you know, 12,000 to show and 12,000 to win, like, and then that's, you know, I'm not very good at math, but that's only 24,000 per fight if you win, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and that's if you win, and that's not including paying your gym, your fees, taxes, and everything else like that, like, you know, and that's the that's the up and comers. You know what I mean? Like that's not once you're champion and you get those pay-per-view points, it's a little different, but these young up and coming fighters who aren't getting paid a whole lot, uh, you know, there, I think I could see a lot of movement there to, to barstool sports.
1: Yeah. If you're an up and coming guy too. I mean that if you're young, if I'm 22 year old, my ego is sky high because I'm a professional MMA fighter. Dave Portnoy's my guy. He parties. He don't give a shit. He's his own guy. He's a self-made man. Dave Fortnoy's my guy if I'm an up-and-comer. You know, so I think that's going to help the younger guys kind of flock to him too.
0: So uh, before we move on, Landis said he owned the celebration, fills his pockets. The fighters love the support and the cash. Absolutely, yeah. No doubt. He's your guy. Definitely. He's gonna, you know, he's going to – he's rocking with you. He flew out to Europe. He had the nice costume. Uh, I mean, he was rocking with the, rocking with them boys.
1: Hey, to include podcasts, anybody that's ever worked for Dave Portnoy, you don't hear nobody come out and say that he's shitty to work for nothing. You hear people say right. that he's very stubborn, he's hard-headed, and he's setting his ways. But Pat, the busting with the Boys, Big Cat and all the boys, everybody that worked for him has nothing bad to say about him. And this day and age, if somebody had something bad to say, it'd be said somewhere. Exactly. Yeah,
0: exactly. Uh, so moving towards, Kenny, I'm going to give you the floor. Nikita Krolov knocks out your, uh, I told you not to fall for the nostalgia factor yesterday. I wasn't falling for it this time. I fell for it two times in a row. I wasn't doing it. This is where you lost the title. Uh, the title slipped out of your hands when uh, Alex, Alexander Gustafsson uh, got knocked out uh is it over is it over for is it over I mean it's time to hang it up right no it has to be I was honestly
1: a little shocked we didn't see the gloves stay in the cage yesterday um I felt like that was kind of a good opportunity if you take two years off to find yourself and you come back and you get put to death like that in the first round I think that pretty much says that there ain't nothing to find that's no offense to Gustafson man I mean he he's a hall of famer you know he's looked the best against against the goat of anybody we've ever seen you know, so I think that there's a lot of credit that goes to him and the career he's put together, but you can kind of look at it. And I don't even think the writing's on the wall anymore. It's all over the house. I think it's kind of time for him to to hang it up. And, man, it would have been a good time yesterday to do it. Just leave the gloves. Give yourself a little 30-second-minute speech. Ain't nobody going to stop you. They're going to let you say what you got to say. Get your standing O in front of the crowd. And then kind of just go off into the sunset. Unless he wants a retirement fight, you know, and he didn't think that was it. But, boy, that kind of seemed like you got retired to me, you know. So I kind of – it sucked, you know, it sucked to lose the belt on that one. Um, but boy, Krylov looked pretty good, huh?
0: Yeah. Craig, what was your thoughts on Krylov here? Uh, I mean,
1: yeah, I mean, he, he did look
2: good. Um, kind of like I said yesterday in the picks show, it was a big fight for him. Um, just to kind of stay within the ranks, you know, um, cause he's had some fights against, uh, kind of the, the upper echelon of the division and he's lost. And then, uh, Man, credit to Gustafsson, man, coming in, making weight, going back down to, you know, cutting back down, getting in there, getting in the gym. Like I said, though, when we were watching the fight, man, you take that time off, them shots to the jaw, uh, you just don't remember what them things feel like. And, um, man, I thought that fight was over earlier than it even was because it looked like, I mean, it looked like it was over quick. And Gustafsson kind of collected himself and got back in there for a minute and, um, I do think just kind of who he is in the UFC and what he's, you know, done and provided for the fans and everybody else. I think he's got a retirement fight out there. I think it's going to be something that they'll set up kind of as a retirement fight, kind of like how, you know, you'll just know what's coming, kind of how it was with Cowboy. Um, I don't think that this is how Gustafsson wanted to go out. I don't think he wanted to take all this time out just to come back in the ring, get knocked out in the first never look good a single second of the fight and then and then leave the gloves in there. You know, I think he wants the opportunity to put together a good fight before he goes out. Um, so, I mean, I think – I don't think it's the last time that we've seen him. I do think it's the last time that we've seen him in a somewhat meaningful fight against a ranked opponent.
0: That's the last yeah, time you've seen him
1: fight somebody you've ever heard of.
0: <laughs> right. Exactly, yeah. Right. Yeah, they might give him. I think he, he give him some other older, uh, older light heavyweight. I don't know who. Hey, got my to...
1: phone's ringing. Dana said he got a call, got a fight for me for uh, Alexander Gustafsson. I got a call.
0: <laughs> I don't know if can you cut down to 205. Can you? This, nah, he, he's coming
1: back up to heavyweight, boys. Don't worry. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I do think Gustafsson – like, I mean, it's over for him, uh, it's time, retirement. Give him an, maybe older veteran. I don't know who else is out there. Uh, you know, maybe he Moussa Heavyweight and uh, him and um, Orlovsky could fight. I think that would be a good, you know, uh, retirement fight for either one of them. I mean, Andre still, I think Andre would still beat him. But uh, so what's, what's, where do we see Krolloff going here? I mean, this was his biggest win of his, his, his uh, career right here. What's next for him? Go ahead, Craig.
2: Well, we've – he was coming off of two losses there against uh, some of the better of the division. Um, So, like I said yesterday, man, this one was a big one for him to kind of stay involved Um, there in the rankings. He had to beat old man Gustafsson or, in my opinion, he was kind of just falling off, you know what I mean? Um, Where to fight, where he goes next, I mean, it's tough. He lost to Paul Craig. We see Paul Craig, you know, lose yesterday. Maybe he's fallen out of the top ten of the division. Um, Krylov lost to, I um, can't think of his name, Ankalev, And, uh, you know, so, I mean, I guess after that win, you could argue you still try to get him a top ten fight, but I still think that he's he's going to have to find somebody right there in kind of the ten to fifteen range and, and beat – Somebody in the rankings to really move up again, I feel like he's got he lost to two guys inside the top 10 and then he beat Gustafson. So,
0: Kenny, where do you see what, what's next for him?
1: Um, well, it's definitely his biggest win. Um, if you can call it that, no offense. Um, I think you start looking around, problem is a lot of people got fights. Um, he did lose to Anklev. I don't mind him. You know, Anklev and Anthony Smith are fighting next week. I don't mind him getting the uh, the loser of that fight. The winner's obviously going to go up. Loser's got to fight somebody stick around. Um, I think Krylov's kind of shown he's at least a top 10 gatekeeper right now. Um, so you could give him the loser of that fight. Uh, Dominic Reyes doesn't have a fight right now. That's a top 10 guy that he could go in and get get one against. Um, Tiago Santos is fighting Jamal Hill, so you don't really want to do that. You could kind of throw him in against Paul Craig if you want and kind of say, hey, you guys figure out which one of you guys stays in the top ten and which one of you guys don't. Um, that's the fight you could kind of go if you wanted to. Um, I don't think he really showed. I don't think beating Gustafson makes you turn around and say, hey, I deserve a top five guy. Hopefully hopefully he's smart enough to take a fight that's not that. But I do think somewhere around that seven to ten range, um, six to eight range, you can give him somewhere in there. And really Dominic Reyes or the loser okay. of Smith and Anklev, I think kind of makes the best sense.
2: Dominic Reyes, actually, now that you say it, that, just about is about the perfect fight for him. He's the
1: only one up there that doesn't have a fight. It makes the most sense. You know, Kryloff only fought for a round, so surely that turnaround can be twelve weeks, ten to twelve weeks shouldn't be too bad. You know, that's a full camp anyway. Uh so I don't mind that Dominic Reyes fight. I think it's a good one for both of them. Reyes hasn't shown much of late either. Um, so put Kryloff out be, there against somebody that's still in the
0: game, yeah.
2: Two top guys as well, you know. So right. that's a good matchup, I th- I think.
0: Yeah. He's lost uh, the last three champions. Uh, you know, he lost to John Jones and uh, I mean, he still says he won that fight. I think that he's still so hung up on that fight that he should have won. That is affected his last two fights, lost to Jan Bohovich, lost to Yuri Prohacha. Uh, I, I do think that would be the step up. Also, uh, it seemed like he called out Johnny Walker, which is actually a rank below her. Uh, not uh, Krylov did yesterday called out johnny walker which johnny walker is ranked 13th i don't know why he's trying to fight down but uh i think dominic reyes is a step up and that's a good fight for dominic reyes to kind of come back and hopefully maybe get back on the right track uh for mr for the dominator as well but i i wouldn't mind seeing the johnny walker fight i don't know why johnny i mean if you called out if the guy ahead of me if i'm johnny walker and the guy ahead of me calls me out shit i'm taking that fight right like hey the guys, the guys ranked ahead of you
1: and coming off a win and said your name that's good for me
0: yeah mm-hmm. so uh, if you're Johnny Walker, you're taking that fight. I mean, the last time we did see Johnny Walker, he was falling back like Andy, like Andy's mom was walking in the room in Toy in Toy Story. But, uh, <laughs> but so <laughs> that kind of sums that fight up. I I do think uh, I do think the uh, Dominic Reyes fight would be perfect for both fighters. So we get to. I mean, Molly McCann, again, I mean, put on a heck of a show. I thought this was her best outing as well. Uh, she tried to nail another spinning back fist, got most of it. Uh, I mean, just, I mean, that fight went exactly how we all assumed it would be. Uh, Hannah Goldie did look pretty strong at times. But for She had a little bit of moments there up against the cage, but Molly McCann's boxing is just by far is. Kenny, is it time for Molly to fight a, a ranked fighter here now, just like we said with Patty?
1: Well, she was already coming off two straight performance of the night bonuses. And, uh, I mean, last night she looked as good as she possibly can, I believe. Um, I remember back in the day when everybody said all Meatball could do is wrestle, and now she's throwing spinning elbows like a mad woman. Uh, so definitely I think you got to give her a ranked opponent. Um if you're barely squeaking by unranked guys or unranked women, um, I think that it's a different conversation. But when you're putting up performance of the night and you're finishing people, I mean, you got to give her a ranked person at some point, uh, three in a row, two out of three of those are performance of the nights, give her someone in that 10 to 15 range and kind of let her see what she's got. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, I a hundred percent agree with what Kenny said there. Um, we kind of alluded to it yesterday when we were watching the fights. Um, it's not always, about winning it's about how you're winning and molly mccann is um the way she's won these last three fights it just looks like she's ready for like we always say there's levels to this game she's ready for the next level like it's time to get her a ranked opponent and uh you know get her in there competing to be inside the rankings uh like she kind of said in her in her post fight presser you ever seen lightning you know strike the same place twice because that first spinning elbow, I mean, you can say, hey, whatever, you know, she caught her. That's just, like, some some lucky type stuff, but, I mean, man, she comes back the next fight and lands the same dang thing, and, uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's time to get her a fight there somewhere 10 to 15, like Rebos or somebody like that, um, just to, you know, get her competing in the rankings for sure.
0: Yeah, Amanda Rebus is uh, 15. Can you go ahead.
1: Uh, what I... I hate to say it because I love Macy Barber too, but Molly McCann and Macy Barber makes a absolute ton of sense. Uh, Macy Barber's there at 10. She's kind of been doing the same thing that Molly has as far as beating people that are ranked right around 15 or unranked. She hasn't necessarily her last few fights been doing it decisively the way Molly has, but I think that's a good top 10 fight for Molly. It's a good test for Macy to make sure she still belongs in that 10 to 15 ranked range. Um, Revis is going to be kind of hard because she bounces back and forth between weight classes a little bit, so that's going to be a little bit difficult Uh, schedule-wise. I kind of like that Macy-Barber fight a lot for her. I don't like them fighting because I love them both, but I like that fight for both of them a lot.
0: Yeah, I was looking at that too. Uh, I think Macy just fought too, so the timeline matches up. Yeah,
1: two weeks ago, I think.
0: But I think she's got a contract. I think her contract is up. The UFC is going to obviously try to bring her back, but that was the last fight on her contract. So that contract's got to get done. I also like maybe uh, Casey O'Neill as well for uh, Molly here. She's ranked like number 11. So that would be the perfect step up here. Uh, I mean, she's somebody that the UFC is going to get behind. I mean, her and Patty on these same cards together. I mean, it's like watching your two best friends just fight with each other. I, I think that they need to continue to be on the cards together. I think getting them on a pay-per-view and putting them – you know, I said MSG for Patty. I still think that would be perfect for a uh, Molly uh, MSG. They're not really key on MSG because obviously New York's got them state high state taxes. But when you are getting that barstool money, does it even matter, Kenny? I mean, what?
1: what- I don't know. I mean, it's still going to matter. Listen, no matter how much money I'm getting paid, I want Uncle Sam to take as little of it as possible. Um, so I think no matter what, it's going to matter. Um but not enough to not fight there, not enough to not sign the contract. You know, that's just kind of no matter what, what it's going to be. Um, I'd love to get both of them back on there. Um, You're right that I think that Molly's somebody UFC is going to get behind, but it's not like she's new, you know, she's fought in the UFC nine times. So what she needs to do now, they're going to give her somebody like that. She has got to start stringing together some wins against people that matter. That's no offense to Hannah Goldie or anybody, but you got to string together some wins against people that matter, people that are ranked, people that got a little bit of a name so that people can get behind you. You know, I remember when Molly first came out, everybody, you know, she had a lot of hype. The hype train was definitely running strong, you know, and then lost a couple. But like you said, one of those was with Tyler Santos and stuff. You know what I mean? It's not like she lost to nobodies. Uh, But she's got to string together a few against some winners here, and then let's see where she can go. I think the sky's the limit. As long as she can string together some wins now that she's got some stand-up game going. And I I agree with you guys.
2: I love seeing them two on the same card. And now we got, you know, Portnoy is going to be there every time that those two are fighting. And that's going to, you know, just it's good for the fans. But kind of like Kenny alluded to yesterday, man, at what point, you know, that they're on the same card, does Molly McCann go out there and lose a fight? And how does that affect Patty when he's coming out there to fight afterwards? Because they are like two best friends, man. I mean, they're watching each other, cheering each other on. And it's great to see, man. I mean, you love that aspect, but being on the same card every time they go out, man, I mean, it could become something dangerous, kind of like Kenny, like, got into yesterday. Like I said, man, if McCann goes out there and loses a fight, you can't tell me that it's not going to affect Patty, at least just a little bit.
0: Well, I think it would affect him more yesterday doing it in London, because then the more pressure's on him. I think if it's not in London, it won't bother him as much. I mean, it always bothers you probably when your teammate loses and your friend loses, because that's just what happens. But that's you know, they both have lost before, so it's not like they have a zero next to their name. I think Molly has uh, – she's done better, and it felt like she has more confidence, I feel like, having her partner there. She's 3-0 and since, you know, she's been on these cards with Patty. hasn't lost since Patty's come in uh, and been there. So, I mean, it's just maybe she doesn't feel alone and has got that support with her, uh, with Patty on the card, too, and them, them preparing together. I mean – Sometimes, you know, when you're even though they're fighting two separate opponents, and we're talking a male and a female leaf in here, but when you have that person, you're going with it together, you're making that weight cut together. It, it gives you that extra confidence that you're not alone, that you have somebody who has your back no matter what. Can you go ahead?
1: Life's easier with the homies, bro. That's just what it is. Life's easier with the homies, or we'd all do it alone. You know, it makes perfect sense. Um, I don't know about the whole. Last night, man, you kind of said that it'd be more pressure on him if she lost in front of London. At least in London, he's still going to have the crowd behind him. If you lose it in an MSG, if she loses in MSG right before he fights, well, that might be a whole different ballgame because the crowd may not necessarily be behind you then. It'd be a whole different world.
0: I, just, I, I think the more pressure would be on him to win. Harder to lose at home. Card.
1: Definitely harder to lose at home. But at least you know that there's going to be 20,000 people in there that got your back. You ain't necessarily going to have that in New York. You'll have the Barstool crowd, though. You'll have Portnoy's Barstool crowd in New York.
0: amen to that amen to that so we get to the 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 first card and i mean the i thought the most disappointing fight of the night uh most disappointing fighter paul craig loses to uh, otis meyer here i mean paul craig i'm gonna let you take it away because you had the best gift in the uh in the in the group chat so uh, i'll let you start with this one
2: Yeah, man, this one, it was disappointing to me. I mean, I had Paul Craig as my lock, even though he was a dog. I was shocked that I seen him as a dog on the card. I thought Paul Craig has been rolling. He's been, I mean, he's like a boa constrictor out there, just locking up all these light heavyweights, putting them to sleep, tearing people's elbows out of socket. I mean, he looked like he was becoming an absolute problem. He's got the war paint on. He looks like, I mean, he looks like he's ready. He looks like This is going to be the best Paul Craig we've ever seen. Uh, When you were over here at my house, you know, when we're watching the fights, I even said before it started, like, to me, this is the respect Paul Craig fight. Like, this is where Paul Craig comes out, wins the fight, and you start actually talking about him fighting some of these top guys in the division because Paul Craig is establishing himself as a problem. And half the fight, it was like I was watching Anderson Silva and Nick Diaz fight again because Paul Craig's just laying down keeps on laying down trying to get it. I mean, and I understand when, when you're strong on your back, but you can't just lay on the mat half the fight and try to get a guy to come get on top of you. And it, it seems just like he didn't have the right strategy. He, uh, when he was on his feet, he was kind of getting, you know, some work in there on Ozemir and looking all right. And then he would just grab him up and he would, he would mount himself and I just kind of thought it was it was a bad strategy. And it was, I mean, to me, it was very disappointing, man, because I had a lot of hope for Paul Craig going into this fight.
1: Nah, same, man. I mean, Paul Craig, we talked about it yesterday in the pre-show. We were all heavy on him. You know, we blown away. He was the underdog coming in off a bunch of impressive wins. I was like, okay, this is going to be the one, you know. And what in the world was going on there? I mean, if you would have told me yesterday that Paul Craig was going to lay there, for three rounds i would have said he was crazy especially when you look at the way he was piecing him up in the stand-up game now if he had, now i'm not saying he was dominating him but he was working the jab a little bit he was keeping it some distance he was forcing ozdemir to have to fight fight that fight to have to get in close where you can get taken down to kind of force him like hey maybe it is worth it to go to the ground with this guy because it keeps punching me in the mouth you know and then instead just like you said it's like nick diaz laying there with his arm up and i'm just like you've got number one Ain't nobody in that cage in that fight had any sort of reputation to be able to doing some Nick Diaz stuff. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like you got still out there trying to prove yourself and you might need to do that. And I was pretty man, I was disappointed. I was I was not disappointed in the results I feel like if that's the fight you're gonna fight, like you lost that fight by a million miles. And you it know? was it
2: was it was sad to see because it was the opening yeah. fight of the card. And like you said, we've had some struggles here on the opening. But man, when Paul Craig was coming out, the crowd was jumping. The crowd was behind him. I mean, they wanted to see this dude come out here and, and make this make this guy tap out. And then it was just a very lackluster performance, man. It was just disappointing.
0: Somebody forgot to tell Paul Craig that, hey, we know your strategy is to take him to the ground. But he's not going to go to the ground with you. You have to get him to the ground. He's just not going to go lay down with you, Paul. Like, it's not nap time here. Uh, I mean, somebody forgot to tell, like, maybe he thought Otis Meyer, like, hey, this is my hometown. Like, he's just going to come lay down with me, and I'm going to tap him out, and we're going to get the win. He's going to get me over. This isn't, here's the thing. This isn't professional wrestling, folks. Like, you actually got to win this shit. It's not scripted, you know. Uh, So, so, I mean, big win here. Uh, Spoiled Paul Craig. So we already kind of talked a little bit about what next for like what's next real quick for each both of these guys. Go yeah. Ahead.
2: All
1: right, go ahead. Uh, well, I think uh, man it's hard. It's almost like uh, you can't really look at it and say, "Boy, Oz Ozdemir, man, he put it on him." You know, he he dominated him and and he deserves a big jump up cuz I don't really feel like that, that that's not the fight I saw. You know, um, and the problem is that, like, kind of we were talking about uh, about Krylov is, man, they're kind of right in that same, that same realm as they both should be calling Dana saying, hey, give me Dominic Reyes. And so maybe do you, do you put them against each other? Do you say, hey, now here's a real top ten opponent for each of you? You know, that's something you could do. They file on the same card. So time frame obviously would work. Um, if I'm Nikita Krylov, I'm telling Dana to kiss my ass because I've lost to Yuri and Jan and then I beat Alexander Gustafson, you're not making me fight some dude who just barely beat a guy too. So I would have something to say about that if I was him, but that is a fight that makes sense. Um, But really, I think if it's not – I think Dana should try to push that Krylov fight because it's better for the UFC to not have to let either of those guys really jump up off those wins. Um, But he's got to fight somebody in the top ten, right? He He can't just hang around and not fight nobody. Craig, go ahead. Yeah,
2: I kind of like that fight, the uh, the Krylov-Ozdemir fight. It just makes sense for the rankings. Um, kind of like you said, if you're Krylov, um, you're, you're drawing the short end of the stick there because you lost to two champs, uh, and then you just beat Gustafsson. So why why you got me fighting a guy outside the top? You know, um, but it does make sense for the rankings. I mean, Ozdemir um, beating Paul Craig, who is ranked ahead of him, and Ozdemir is ranked ahead of Krylov right now. So, I mean, Krylov can only bitch so much. Um, then, like you said, the time frame fits, um, because they just fought on the same cards. So, uh, to me that, that fight makes a lot of sense. Um, but Dominic Reyes is a guy in there that needs a fight. So, I mean, he, he might take one of these guys, you know, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Um, I mean, you know, maybe, maybe we do get, uh, the Johnny Walker fight there and, uh, So Ozdemir and uh, Dominic Reyes can fight, you know, Um, we'll see. We'll see how that kind of unfolds Um, for Paul Craig. I mean, shoot, man, what is next for Paul Craig? You know, Um, after after that performance, I don't know. I was just I was riding high on the Paul Craig train. And then after watching that fight against Ozdemir, I'm just I mean, I'm kind of jumping off of it. You know, I'm uh, it just disappointed me, man.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you on the Paul Craig. Like, I'm just disappointed. For Ozemir, I, I'm looking at maybe uh, the loser of Tiago Santos' fight, if maybe him and Tiago, if Tiago loses, or if Anthony Smith loses next weekend, I think that Anthony Smith is five. So he would, you know, if he loses, he would follow back maybe to seven or so. Uh, and then you you team him up with Anthony Smith. He already lost to Ankalev, so and Uri. So, I don't. Uh, I mean, that's lightweight division. We just gotta kind of figure out light heavyweight division. Got to see what some fights are coming up here and let them play it out because we have Anthony Smith and Ankaliyev f- fight next weekend. And, and that's the opening
2: fight on that card, right? Maybe. Yeah. yeah. May- maybe we can get a good one to open. You know, that's that yeah. fight should
0: be good. Yeah. and Then you have Tiago Santos and Jamal Hill. They're fighting in like two weeks. So as i on a main event, uh, on a main event. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah, that's August 6th.
0: Yeah, yeah. We got, uh, before we end up here, we got a good morning from Dave Must Abstain. Good morning, fellas. Good morning, Dave. Thanks for morning, tuning Dave. in.
1: Hey, good name, Dave. Good name.
0: <laughs> <laughs> a good, great picture there, too. Uh, so before we get to the big news, Craig, you are the uh, title winner. I let Kenny cut the promo last week, last time out. Uh, so I'm going to let you go ahead and cut the promo here before we get, before we get out, we're going to make our big announcement. Uh, but I'm going to let you cut the promo first as the uh, reigning defending champion on a fluke bull crap. Win yeah. yesterday. Hey, we
2: don't, we don't always want to win this way, but hey, we take the victories we get the belts coming back home to me and um, Hey, you boys got a chance next weekend. We got a pay-per-view fight uh, right around the corner, so the belt will be on the line again. Um, So, I mean, you guys will have a chance. She'll be staying with me, though. Um, You know, good luck to you, fellas.
0: All right, boys, it's time. It's for our big announcement. So, we here at the Bodkin Show, Kenny, Craig, we love talking UFC with you guys every week. So, starting next week, drum low. We're going to be breaking off, uh, doing our own separate show. It's going to be called Head Kicks and Haymakers. That's right. Our own weekly UFC show. It'll still be able to be streamed here on the Bodkin Show, the Bodkin Show network uh, channel on YouTube. It's going to be able to be streamed on Let's Talk Sports Network as well. And we're also teaming up with the unity network as well. And uh, that head kicks and haymakers show will be able to be streamed on that network as well. That'll be coming to you. We'll do a UFC pre-show for next Saturday's pay-per-view and a post-show head kicks and haymakers will be making their debut uh, UFC on the pre-show. It'll be much like we did yesterday with the London card. Uh, But then every Sunday morning you can catch head and, head kicks and haymakers on all those networks uh, as, as, as well as uh, the uh, Spotify and iTunes boys. I'm excited. We're going to be talking USC weekly uh, as, We got some other things in the works that we'll uh, announce once they all get made and uh, ready. But the three of us uh, are working on a lot of different things. But our first show as a weekly show will be coming out together. Head kicks and haymakers. I'm excited for this new adventure. Our new show, the Bodkin show, folks, if you love the Bodkin show, don't worry. The Bodkin show will continue still be on Sunday nights. It'll still be the weekly wrap up shows and we'll still be doing a lot of different things there. And those will still be uh, getting promoted out on Let's Talk Sports, the Bodkins channel. But we're working on a lot of different things. I'm excited with this new show, Head Kicks and Haymakers. Craig, how you feeling? We're going to be working together, UFC weekly show here. Uh, go ahead, brother.
2: Hey, I'm excited, boys. Um, that just means we're gonna we're gonna continue on with what we're doing, um, get stronger, and I'm gonna just have more weeks with that belt on my shoulder. So I'm looking forward to it. And uh, man, I mean, it's great, man. Doing great things with two of my best friends, man.
1: Um, so I'm I'm excited.
0: Kenny, did I miss anything here?
1: No, I don't think so, man. I'm pretty pumped up. I think it's going to be a good time. Um, I've enjoyed the shows we've had. I look forward to the future.
0: That's right. The future is bright, folks, with the three of us, Head Kicks and Haymakers, will make its debut show next Saturday at 7 a.m. Central Time Zone. We love, uh, yeah, roughly uh, 7 a.m., 7.10, somewhere around that time frame. Uh, we're all three dads all three. That's why you see Kenny running in and out. He's got the, the baby. He's on dad duty. Craig's on dad duty. Uh, I'm on dad duty. So we all got things moving forward. But we're going to keep the show going head kicks and haymakers will be making its debut uh, show episode day episode number one next Saturday morning at 7am central time zone. We love waking up and drinking coffee and talking UFC with you folks. Uh, Then we'll have another show. It'll be uh, again on Sunday, our post show for the pay-per-view. And then after that, it'll be every Sunday morning. uh, We'll be doing a Head Kicks and Haymakers show about 7 a.m. Central Time Zone. We're stoked about it. Again, you'll be able to follow us on the Bodkins channel. Subscribe to that. The Let's Talk Sports uh, Network. Let's subscribe to that. And also, we are now teaming up with Unity Network. Uh, We'll be streaming that show on that as well. Uh, so make sure you subscribe to all three. We'll, we'll eventually get our own YouTube, uh, headmaker. Ken, are we doing a YouTube, a solo head kicks and haymakers YouTube? Or are we just streaming that? You're the one that's been, uh, behind the scenes creating all this stuff here.
1: Uh, no. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a uh, one YouTube channel, uh, Migo sports section is what it's going to be. And then we'll have a playlist for all of our shows on there. It's just a little bit easier to, uh, to funnel the stream places to have it all in one place. Uh, So I think we're going to go that route and then we'll continue to, uh, to feature the Bodkin show as its own channel on there um, as well. Uh, But it's just a little more easier for us uh, streaming wise and pushing it to other platform wise, just kind of have it a little more centralized uh, at amigo sports section, but that's all part of uh, up to something season.
0: Yeah. So we are cooking up something. Kenny's been cooking up a lot of different things other than that mean brisket that he's been cooking up. Uh, So folks, uh, also, it was a nobody beat us in our UFC ESPN Pick'Em. Craig did take it home due to tiebreakers, so he won the belt, won the UFC Pick'Em. Uh, again, make sure you guys are liking, subscribe, share to the Bodkin Show uh, as well. Subscribe, like uh, as well to Let's Talk Sports if you haven't already. Also, we're on iTunes. Or not, I say iTunes, but it's iTunes has been dead for like 10 years. Apple. Apple Podcasts and Spotify, we are now on there. You can catch USC post show on all those uh, platforms as well. If you missed yesterday's show, we'll be back it, next Saturday with our new debut show, Head Kicks and Haymakers. I think that's it, boys. You guys got anything else? No. Nope. All right. See, hey, we'll see you guys next week. <laughs> week. Enjoyed it. Catch you all.